The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host, Roger, and a very special guest today. We'll get to that in just a minute, uh, but we're glad that you are joining us again, and uh, we're looking forward to a good conversation. As usual, we like to start off with kind of an opening question of sorts, and uh, today I was thinking, Roger, um, you know I like coffee. And I think you like coffee. Mm, I do. So I was thinking co- about coffee, which I probably shouldn't think about coffee as much as I think mm-hmm. about coffee. But um, what's your favorite coffee shop to go to? If you had to any coffee shop you could go to, I'm going to sit down, read a nice book, have my favorite cup of coffee. Where, where, where are you going to go, Raj? Um, I'll probably take a lot of heat for this one. Just out of convenience, it's Starbucks because they're everywhere. But I do enjoy coffee bean, except there's not as many around. So coffee bean, Pete's Coffee, those kind of smaller chains have a very different feel inside than Mm -hmm. your normal Starbucks. Or if I'm in an area where it's a no-name type of coffee shop i love those where it's just kind of like a small business type of coffee shop okay that's a it's an answer it's an answer it's not good enough for you come on (laughs) i mean it's an answer that i'll just leave it there but but you know uh i i I guess if we want him to answer the question well we still won't introduce him but hey big al um (laughs) that's what we're gonna call you (laughs) uh Alex, if you had first and only time that'll ever be cold to me, but I appreciate that. <laughs> where where would you go and uh, sit and have a cup of coffee and uh, enjoy your favorite book, a math book? Uh, I'm sure, but you know. Well, I gotta say that you know, using Rogers' criteria, if it's if it's out of convenience, you do have to go with Starbucks just because you get free refills, so you oh, can spend two sixty five, get a tall coffee stay there for seven hours, get a lot of coffee for the same price. You've done this. It sounds like (laughs) I may have dabbled in their rewards program once or twice before. (laughs) Uh, But if I want a really good cup of coffee, I'd have to say Phil's coffee. Whenever I've gone there, it's always been good. Yeah. You're speaking my language, Alex. You are speaking my (laughs) language. I don't know if Roger's ever been, have you ever been to Phil's? I've had Phil's, but never been to Phil's. Oh, you've had feels, but never been. That's interesting. You had it brewed at home or someone brought it to you? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody brought it. Yeah. Both. Okay. Okay. So, but yeah, it's, it's not there. There's not too many locations around me. No. It's a 40 mile drive to go to it. Yeah. It's worth it. It's so worth it. <laughs> it is. And they brew one cup at a time, man. Come on. Uh, yeah. I, I'm with Alex. If, if, I, if I can, I don't necessarily like the environment there because they don't have the same kind of Starbucks has so much space usually to sit down and study and yeah. whatnot. Phil's isn't, or at least the ones that I go to don't have that much space and a lot more outdoor seating, but Phil's coffee is worth it. I mean, yeah. that's a good cup of coffee. Okay. Favorite, favorite uh, kind there, Alex, what do you drink? I just remember the name. I want to say 
Silken Splendor. Is that the one? That sounds like a that sounds like something that they make. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the one I was thinking of. Is. It'll come to me. Okay. I'll, I'll look into it. I'll okay. Look up. Don't don't get distracted now. It's not that big a deal. But I, I guess uh, <laughs> enough about coffee. All right. So uh, really, uh, really, we're here uh, on this episode um, to not just find out what Alex's favorite coffee shop is, uh, but to get to know Alex a bit. Uh, for those that are not from the Mount Bible Church, which is the church that we all attend. Um, Alex is a candidate for eldership, and uh, we're excited about that opportunity. And what we wanted, at least for our congregation and, and anyone else that's interested, is to uh, get to know Alex a little bit, uh, kind of do a an interview of sorts. Now we know him quite well, but we want others to get to know him, to get to know his heart, uh, understand a little bit about his background, and kind of what led him here to this point. Um, as we have called on him and asked him to. Um, step up as a, an elder in our church. So with that, Dr. Alex Sherbetjan, uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself, Alex? So tell us first kind of about your family, where you were born, uh, siblings, just some basics, where you grew up, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, uh, I grew up in Thousand Oaks, California, born and raised. Um, my, I got one brother, my, his name is Moses or Mossy. Uh, he's two years older than I am. Um, do we like him? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the script says. Yeah. We like him. That's true. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. yeah. No, he's like a good him. older brother. You know, yeah. he's he's the kind of older brother that you need, not necessarily the one that you want all the time. But he's a good one to have. <laughs> I like that answer. Uh, yeah. I like that. So, so you grew up in Thousand Oaks. Um, grew up in a believing home, an unbelieving home. Grew up in a believing home. Both parents are Christian. Went to church weekly. It was a, uh, it was something that we prioritized being at church every week. Um, but it took me a little while personally to understand the necessity of the gospel and mm. to make it more than just a, uh, a weekly commute to church. Uh, because our church was not super close, it was a 25, 30 minute drive each way. Uh, we didn't regularly attend youth events or youth group when I was growing up. Mm. So it really was until I was in college that I started to become more active in the church life um, and then serving at various types of church camps uh, allowed me to really see the gospel in its true light and uh, take hold of that faith that, and through by grace uh, understand the, the necessity of that gospel. Yeah. So, so you grew up, you were attending regularly. So you're in some sort of either Bible study or in the worship service, you're hearing messages. Um, when when do you think so you you're saying maybe in college is when you started to really grasp the gospel the good news yeah i think for a long time especially as i was growing up i was of the mentality to flee from evil so i tried my best to be a good kid to mm. obey my parents to listen to teachers and to behave there was a lot of uh 
you know, running away from the bad things, but to cling to what was good wasn't there yet. Uh, mm. There was no sense to, uh, to honor God with actions more than just by not doing the bad thing. And, you know, a, a bit of self-righteousness by doing okay. things um, that you know you should do because you want to be good. Uh, but it was when I was in college that um, that sense of honoring God is not just by avoiding the bad things, but actually striving to, to know him, uh, to seek his face and not just his hand uh, oftentimes. So I would say it was my, the summer of my freshman year. So after my first year in college that I really started to understand the gospel. And I think that would be uh, the best, or I think that's the time that I really gave my life to Christ when, when the, the gospel message was more than just uh, a bunch of words, but the Lord used it to transform my heart and to trust in him. Amen. Now we'll, we'll come back to uh, kind of the gospel transformation change growth and, and some of those things just briefly since you mentioned college can you tell us a little bit about your academic kind of career and what's gone on so people know what you're what you do for a living and those kinds of things too yeah so i got my undergrad degree uh in math and chemistry with a minor in physics from cal lutheran university uh, and then from there i spent a couple of years at cal state northridge almost earning my master's degree. I had just some uh, comprehensive exams to go, but at that time I got accepted to UC Riverside's PhD program. So I ended up getting my master's degree there as well as my PhD in math, um, specifically in algebraic topology uh, in 2018. And then since then I have been teaching first at Whittier College for a number of years and then most recently now, I'm at Pepperdine University, uh, where I teach a multitude of math classes, specifically now business calculus. Oh, wow. Uh, can you say what the specific field was again that your PhD is in? Uh, algebraic topology. Algebraic topology. Yeah. I didn't even understand at first. I'm like, algebraic what? <laughs> wow, that's a field, huh? Oh yeah, topology has to do with like I know the word topos having to do with like maps, like that kind of thing, like mapping or is that about right? What did you do? Map yeah, things? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a pretty good way of thinking about it. I mean, topography, topology, they're similar but not the same. Um, topology is really just understanding shapes. You can kind of think of it in a very layman's terms way of geometry with fewer rules. Huh. So you have a lot more possibility in topology than you would in a geometry class. All right. Now for all of our math fans out there, you can send in your questions to Alex at, uh, (laughs) and And I welcome all of them. (laughs) You are definitely a math nerd, uh, but it's a good thing. So let's come back to uh, things that we understand (laughs) a little bit at least. And let's come back to, your spiritual journey. Um, so you, you freshman year or end of freshman year, summer of freshman year, you start to really understand. You believe that that's when the Lord grabbed the hold of your life. Um, you understood the good news. And what what happened after that? What's been kind of the the steps that of discipleship that have take taken place in your life? Um, what have, where have you found? 
kind of the, the greatest either times or seasons of growth or things that have been effective in your life? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's been a lot of opportunity for growth uh, since, since that summer. Um, I think initially when I first uh, became a believer, um, there was a little bit of time that I just spent in the word and I had, uh, I've always had a desire to serve uh, specifically with youth. And so about a year after that, so the summer of summer after my sophomore year, uh, I began serving as a youth leader at church. Um, and at that time I was also being discipled by, by Haig, by Pastor Haig. And it was a really important time of growth for me at that time as well, just because I had a lot of knowledge, but hadn't been able to put it all together. And so having those kinds of discussions about what it looks like to live a life as well as to uh, not just cognitively know, but to experientially know the love of God was important. Um, and that came in really handy uh, right after I finished undergrad, because I had said that I spent a couple of years at Cal State Northridge. And the reason that I was there was because um, right after that first, after I graduated with my undergrad degree, I had applied to PhD programs, but I had not been accepted to any of them. And so it was a very trying time. I didn't really know why I was not able to pursue the PhD immediately. I kind of felt that that was where God wanted me to be, but then my circumstances were the opposite. Hmm. So I remember at that time, I didn't know what to do, but I thought to myself, I should just do the next good thing, the next best thing uh, in my life. So I had already volunteered, volunteered to serve on a missions trip to Armenia. So I did that. Um, I had committed to serving at a church camp for the summer. So after I came back, I did that. And then it was August and I didn't really know where I was going, what I was going to do next. And God providentially opened up a door, allowed me to get into the program at CSUN for their master's program. And then from there, um, was able to connect with a lot of people who were at CSUN. A lot of people from church that I'm still very close with, that uh, I've been able to bond with well and have been accountability partners for me. Um, and that's all a result of God using circumstances in a way that I would never have designed them. Um, so a lot, of this, a lot of the growth that I've experienced has been through those more difficult times where I might not be able to make sense of why things are happening the way that they do, you know, certain things you want for a career or for relations or for what you think is best may not turn out, yeah. but um, the Lord always uses those things to draw us closer to him. And so that's definitely been evident in my life. Amen. Roger, I want to uh, give you an opportunity here. I'm sure you've got some questions uh, to ask Alex, and then I'll have some more too. What, what would you like to quiz him on or interrogate i mean uh, uh yeah I think, I think interrogation is a good good way a good to word. put it <laughs> <laughs> and if we and if anything's wrong with your theology are you saying that we just blame pastor hike for all that absolutely that that's that's exactly what i meant by it that's why i mentioned him specifically <laughs> well, <laughs> well, here, 
Here, here's a question more of just connections. I'm thinking back to the history of of uh, church, and when you started going to church, how did you get connected in a sense to the ministry uh, that was occurring at the church with Pastor Haig and Pastor Jason? Were you were you involved um, uh, in that group? Was that the first group you were involved with when you started going to church, or did you have any other experiences? outside of that church you really grew up with what it what is the background uh of yeah i i primarily i i didn't really go to any other church um i would go sometimes here and there to um another church in, in pasadena monrovia area from time to time um but uh but i consistently was at uh at uacc for a long time uh and really, it was through the college Bible study that used to be on Wednesdays that I started to build some connections and get to know certain people better. And then um, when I found out that there was a need for a Friday night youth ministry uh, volunteers, I had reached out to Haig. And uh, over the course of time, through a couple of different conversations, we felt like that would be something that would be good for the ministry and for myself. And so that's really what got me connected with that. And ever since then, uh, it's been a blessing for me. It's been difficult at some times. I know that uh, for a few years during my PhD program, I had to step away from youth ministry because uh, the demands of schooling as well as uh, serving Friday nights, driving back and forth from Riverside to L.A. was was difficult. So I had to step back from it for a little while. But uh it's good to be back in youth ministry now. Is that where your heart is? You know, you do 6,000 different things at our church uh, (laughs) to keep it running each week. (laughs) Is your heart youth ministry uh, primarily? Yeah, I think, I think that's where a lot of my gifting is. Um, I also think that most people could probably do what I do, but the number one thing that I do is that I show up. Uh, that's my greatest asset. Uh, and so I, but I also think that the Lord has, has provided me with a skill set and with a desire uh, to reach youth. And I think, um, especially with that middle school age, the junior high age, there's a, there's a good blend of being able to be goofy and talk about silly things, but then also to have really serious and deep conversations because they're thinking through a lot of things and um, just being able to have those kinds of conversations with you, knowing that a lot of those types of questions I've thought through and Mm. it's not good to think through through those things by yourself because your mind can wander and you can definitely uh, fall on the wrong end of a lot of different thoughts and kind of become too overwhelmed by it. But being able to process things through dialogue, I think, helps the youth and it's something that I think I can provide. So I definitely do have a heart for youth and uh, and really enjoy the time that I can spend with them. Alex, you, you spend a lot of time with the youth, uh, but you're also there multiple other times each week. And uh, this is not to make you blush or, or give you a big head or anything, but to say that, you know, there's a commitment level that you have shown 
over these many, many years of ministry that have really um, been one of the things that have caused the the elders of the church to look to you and say, hey, we we believe that it would be uh, um, good for the church uh, to add you to our board because we believe that you have the qualifications and the the heart um, to shepherd. And um, wh- where do you think that came from obviously the lord but you know uh were there things that the lord used that caused you to understand um the need to be as committed and you know you said your greatest asset is that you show up um you you show up all the time yeah that's a <laughs> that's an asset you know um but where where did did you see it did you where'd that come from if i may if i may ask that question yeah i mean i think Ultimately, people will always do what they desire most and what they find most valuable. Um, and for me, I think the the gospel is the most important thing. So whatever I could do to facilitate the, the message of the gospel being spread, whether it's by me showing up and leading a discussion group for Bible study or if it's to lead youth group, or if it's to make sure that the audio and the video are in place for the live stream or for the in-house worship, all of those things are just so that the gospel message is as clear as possible. And I think when you are able to recognize just how beautiful that gospel message is, and you you can recount in your own life, what transformation has happened, Mm. then you want as many people to hear it as possible. And whatever means by which you can spread that gospel, you want to be a part of. And so I know my own limitations. I know that I can't be in all places at all times. And the count is definitely not 6,000 things that I do at church. It's, It's less, but it's really just a matter of being able to recognize just how important church life should be. I, you know, a lot of times we, we talk about what we want to kind of leave, like as we're going through life, what people want to be remembered for. And for me, I really want to be someone who allowed people to hear the gospel. That's my greatest purpose. I think Mm -hmm. there's just a, a desire for me to put away all distractions and allow for the gospel to shine. And so recognizing it in my own life, you know, as feeble as it may be, God has been able to use things in my life to lead to discussions about the gospel. And so if it's making sure that the sound is not too loud, that's another way that the the sermon and the worship can be used to bring worship to God. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I really, I really appreciate that that answer, and I I see that reality. That we, you know, what we find most important is what we're going to spend our time doing, and uh, there's really nothing greater than, more important than, uh, the good news of what Christ has done for us. Um, and so, really appreciate that, um, Roger. Any any other direction that you want to take the questions in? Because I I got some areas, but you know. <laughs> I want to give you a chance here. I, I think the question on everybody's mind, why math? 
as you did a PhD in math, I haven't met many people who have gone that far in in education and math. Um, and, and you have. Uh, what what piqued your interest? When did you find that that was a path you wanted to take? You talked about how you you had other science disciplines, you know, the chemistry and the physics. You um, you know, in, in your background, but what was it with math that you thought, you know, I want to keep pursuing a greater and greater understanding of it? Yeah, honestly, I knew that I wanted to go into teaching before I knew I wanted to go into math specifically. Um, when I started off my undergrad experience, I didn't really know if I wanted to teach or what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do something in the sciences or in the mathy sense of life. (laughs) But then as I got into more tutoring experience and being able to explain things, I knew that I wanted to go into teaching and math honestly is the easiest subject to teach because Mm. math just continues to build upon itself, Um, Mm -hmm. especially early on as you're doing algebra and geometry and bleeding into pre-calculus and calculus. There's a lot of development that's very, it's a lot of scaffolding. You're just building upon yourself. Um, And the double benefit, I suppose, to going into math is that a lot of people struggle with it. And so there's been a lot of opportunity for me to interact with people that I probably wouldn't have interacted with otherwise, just because they had a need to understand something in their math class. And I happened to be around and could explain it. And then through that, um, you know, you can develop relationships and, and grow friendships through that. And so it's been also a good ministry tool uh, to be able to do math because a lot of times people are very, uh, very scared of math. They, they just don't think that they can do it. But once you're able to break it down and to remind them of what they really know, then they get better at it and they can kind of develop a bit of confidence moving forward about how to think and how best to, to answer those kinds of questions. Yeah, yeah see, I've watched you do that and watched yeah. you be with some of the youth as you're just helping them but it's building that relationship using all that god has gifted you with to serve in the church it's a it's a uh using your talents and your gifting to serve the lord in many different ways and that's what we're called to do we steward what we have and so it's been great to watch you do that yeah and it's and it's really a, a blessing to be able to interact in that way as well because People, when, especially when you're learning a subject that you're not confident in, you know, initially they'll be very hesitant to say what they don't understand. They'll, you know, oftentimes I'll ask a question and they'll try to do all the math in their head and I have to remind them to write it down. And just mm-hmm. being, a, being vulnerable with the fact that you don't know this topic initially is fine. Mm-hmm. It's, you're just going to have to work through it. And then when they can kind of bring down that wall of, it's okay to not know everything all the time. Um, I think it also lends to other conversations later when they're also feeling like they don't have all the answers, but they're willing to at least open up that door of let's start a discussion about this because I have questions on it and I don't know um, how to resolve these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's been tremendous to watch you use that gift uh, as an opportunity to, you know, be a safe place for these young people, 
to, to a safe place to mess up because you're very, you're, you're not a threatening person, Alex. You're very approachable. Uh, people know that you're, you're not going to laugh at them. You're not going to harm them. You're, you're there to, to care and support them. And, and I think everyone knows that and uh, praise the Lord for that, both in math and then also in the many conversations you get to have with these young people mm-hmm. about the scriptures, about apologetics. Um, you know, there's a certain credibility you have as someone who's in the academic world, who is in a world that is highly secularized um, and and so often against the things of God. And then you've got this this guy who's excelled at the highest levels of academia and loves Jesus. And that's a a huge thing. How have you felt any pressure in the academic world or how have you found opportunity to shine the light of Christ, whether through your studies in the faculty kind of arena? Um, What's that been like for you? Yeah. I mean, I do believe that a lot of academia is very secular. And I think it's because there's this great dependence on one's own ability Mm. to create or to understand or to do um, that kind of makes it very self-centered. Now at the same time, being able to teach at Pepperdine, one of the, one of the important quotes that I remember hearing early on in our orientation time, was a quote by George Pepperdine, where he said that to train a man's mind, but not his heart, is to create a very dangerous man. Hmm. And I think that's really stuck out with me, especially as I think about um, youth ministry in particular, because we do oftentimes spend a lot of time understanding things intellectually, mentally, but then putting it into practice can be very difficult. Um, yeah. And that's just as a as a professor myself, oftentimes it's difficult to detach yourself or it's difficult to to put yourself in the situation of your students when it's easy to detach and to just make it all about mm-hmm. rules or all about following whatever your syllabus says. And it, there's benefit to doing that. Um, but at the same time, to see the student as made in the image of God as someone of value and being able to have a conversation with them. That's more than just their letter grade or just their last score on an exam, mm-hmm. I think is something that a lot of people fail to do uh, in academia. And I'm guilty of doing it sometimes as well, where you just lose track and you're, you're so busy that you just don't give the time that you need. Um, but then to be able to bring it back and to see them for who they are and to, uh, to give them what they're really desiring as opposed to just what they're asking for, right? They might ask for a higher grade or for more opportunities to improve their grade. Mm-hmm. But when you can just listen to them and talk to them and then in youth ministry and any other church ministry to be able to talk to somebody and, and not just expound upon them more knowledge from the Bible, but to hear them and then to see how you can use the wisdom that the, the Bible has and the power of the gospel to transform as opposed to just repeating lots of true statements, I think is something that uh, allows for people to to feel known and to be uh, comfortable and to, to grow in. So as a faculty member, I haven't faced a lot of obstacles in the sense of 
standing up for my faith in, in a sense that hasn't happened too often, but I can definitely just see that the kind of the atmosphere of being a faculty member uh, does have its challenges and it's, it's still important to be a, uh, a good Christian in whatever field that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I, time is, is getting away from us, so I don't want to, to go too long here, but I, do want to ask, maybe we'll ask some quick fire questions here. Uh, and one of them is, have you read uh, Gavin Ortland's book, uh, When God Makes Sense or Why God Makes Sense in a World That Doesn't? I have not. You have not. Have you heard? He makes an argument for the existence of God from math. That's awesome. You got to check it out. You got to check it out. Um, so that that's one. Um, it, it back in call or, or, or in uh, your PhD program. Um, I know you don't want to remember those days, but uh, <laughs> you 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 also, if I remember correctly, had a Bible study that you started with other students. Or yes, yeah, um, a group of. Grad students and I in primarily the math department, but it was extended to um, any of And we would go through uh, a book of the Bible. So in particular, we went through Romans. And we spent a lot of time talking through the implications and discussing uh, what, what God's word has to say. Uh, and Romans obviously is a, a pretty quick read and it's very simple to just yeah. skim over and get oh, a yeah. full sense of everything that's happening. Really easy uh, book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very easy book. No, but it led to some really great discussions. Um, and having a community in grad school of believers was also so beneficial because my first year there, we didn't really have any knowledge about who people were. I mean, we knew each other, but we didn't really know each other. We were all kind of scared that people are going to find out. We don't really know everything we think we know. And we're we're putting off this image of being smarter than we have to be. But by the end of our first quarter. Imposter syndrome. Exactly. Imposter syndrome. Yep. But by the end of our first semester or our first quarter there, um, we started to get to know each other pretty well. And that led to opening up and having these kinds of conversations. And ultimately there were, many Christians in our, in my cohort, and as well as years above and below. Uh, and that led us to forming the Bible study group and meeting uh, often to discuss things and, and really grow uh, because we all had this, the same desire to, to become uh, academically, uh, to, you know, challenge ourselves academically, but also to ground ourselves in the scriptures. Nice. All right. Some quick questions here. Favorite theologian, dead or living? Go with R.C. Sproul. All right. We could go with that one. We like that. All right. (laughs) Uh, Most impactful book uh, that you remember reading other than the Bible? Mm, Okay. Then I have to think more. Um, (laughs) I want to say Gentle and Lowly. That Mm. was a really... It's an important book that I read recently. So that's by the other Ortland brother. Very good. Yeah. Good, good book. Very good book. Um, 
my my son wanted me to ask you who's your favorite youth member. Oh, favorite youth member? Oh, definitely. Uh, what was um, <laughs> Matosian Akira? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, and let's see. Uh, favorite book of the Bible? This is a trick question because they're all my favorites. But, uh, you know, all books are, all the books of the Bible are equal, but some are more equal than others. So oh, <laughs> I think, okay, I'll have to say, because I, I go back to it very often, I'll, I'm going to go with First Peter. Okay. You've taught that. You've taught it multiple times, I think, if I remember correctly. Taught it multiple times. And every time I go through it again, it it it's it doesn't have the, the complexity and the necessarily even the depth sometimes of some of Paul's epistles, but it's just it's so good. Every yeah. time I read it, I'm just you know, I fall back in love with it. Amen. Amen. Raj, you got any Questions that you wanted to uh, ask Alex as we wrap up here? Uh, no, I don't have any anything else for the for the Big Al Doctor Shabetian. <laughs> Doctor Big Al, that's what we're going to call. I guess I'll hear it a second off. time. All right, there it is. Uh, we're Alex, trying to make really a catch on, right? <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate uh, your time. Really appreciate your answers. I know we put you on the hot seat here and. Uh, Alex hates talking about himself. <laughs> and so this is yes, I do. really hard on him. Uh, but we, but we love you brother. And we're just grateful, grateful for you and grateful for your answers and really grateful to the Lord, um, for how he's raised you up. And we're praying for many others, uh, to be raised up, uh, as well in loving the Lord and following him we're really proud of our youth program and our youth group. And, um, all the leaders that are so active in it and loving on our children. Um, so really grateful for, for all that's going on. So if you have any questions, you can send them to Alex at Big Al. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Big Al. No, that's not it. Okay. But uh, we do appreciate you listening. And especially for the Mount uh, Bible Church family, grateful for you listening to uh, hearing about this uh, candidate for eldership. And uh, we hope that you'll join us again next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.